What's up, you guys? This is It's Real with Jordan and Demi. I'm here with Jordan Edwards. I'm Demi Ramos. And I am so excited right now because my good friend Garzi, a young legend, he's gearing up for world domination right now. He's coming with a message in hand for all of humanity. He plays rock music. You may know him from, um, he has past projects with Travis Barker, but now he has a new single coming out with two, it's out now, and it's with two of his biggest influences in music, Jason and Kellen from Sleeping with Sirens. Um, Garzi's a freaking star. This guy's from like outer space. So let's have Garzi on the show and everyone come out. That's good. Hey, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? And we have Kellen from Sleeping with Sirens and Jason, the, the label boss, who, you know, some people may know Jason, uh, you know, from Fever 333, but now he's got um, his own record label going on. So, Jason, did I, did, is it 333 or 333? 333, you got it. Yeah, you okay, know. okay. I it's one of those things where I've seen it, I've seen it like in print, but never, but not pronounced. You know what I'm saying? It's like okay, the Saosin, cool. Saosin, Saosin, dude. Yes, bro, <laughs> dude. That was me when I was young, bro. I never knew how to say it, bro. I was like, yo, that was me, man. I felt that one, bro. <laughs> yeah. So Jason sure. and Kellen are some of Garzi's biggest influences in music. Let's talk about that and pretty much why Garzi wanted to make music and perform. And so basically Jason signs Garzi, which is crazy fire. Cause like you're working with your, <laughs> with your idols, like that's insane. And now Kellen is featured on his, one of his first releases from this project. Uh, there's so much going on. Tell us how it all came about. Yeah, man. Um, it's funny because I was just talking to my girlfriend about this, how it's, you know, uh, when COVID was just hitting, I was really, I, everyone obviously was in a, in a weird place in life. And, um, you know, I feel like I, I came to a point where it was like, you know, I can kind of stay home and stay in my comfort zone and just kind of ride out the wave and, you know, and see what happens. Or I can really just take the chance and, and move to L.A. and just kind of ride it out and, and make something happen, you know. And at that point, I ended up just, you know, I was like, you know, fuck it, bro. I'm not going to sit out here in Miami and just, you know, let things, let everything I've built to this point just, you know, die and, and whatever. So I was like, I'm moving to L.A. And it was it was tough at first. Obviously, you know, moving cross country is always kind of hard, leaving your friends or family, you know, especially during a pandemic. It was it was hard. But, you know, I, I made it happen. And I and I feel like that was what led so many good things happening. You know, if I wouldn't have moved to L.A., I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Honestly, like, I don't know if I'd still be making music like I would still be making music. But I don't know if, you know, things would be going as well as they are now, to be honest. And I just feel like moving to L.A. was kind of one of the things that led to all this. And uh, the first year, really, like, I was just dropping music independently still. And then we came into 2021 and I kind of, you know, I kind of took a step back and was like, all right, you know, I, I need to see like what's actually going on around me and kind of think of a plan. And you know what I mean? So um, luckily, and, and also just life kind of just has its own plan and life happens. And, um, you know, I, I got to the point where it was like, I kind of had to say goodbye to my old management. And at that time, like randomly, my new management came into like li literally hit me in my DMs like, hey, we should not, not even on some management shit. Just like, yo, like I fuck with your music. I like you. Like we should get into the studio. And, you know, I get DMs like that all the time that I never answer. bro. I, I answered this one just because, you know, like I had a feeling, a gut feeling, you know. And so I went to the studio. I met him. We kicked it off. And then, you know, Sakai ended up becoming my new management. And from there, I feel like we really just built it from the ground up. You know, we took a lot of time to really get to know each other, um, hang out with each other, learn about each other, you know what I'm saying, and build it up properly. 
And uh, fortunately, we just started making a lot of music and one thing led to another. And, uh, you know, uh, fortunately, Jason and Daniel came into the picture and they ended up signing me, which was fucking amazing and such a, you know, I'm saying a, uh, uh, an honor. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've known about Jason since he was in Let Live and I was still in like high school, like, you know, what I'm saying early high school, like ninth, 10th grade, like. You know what I'm saying? I always watch him. Jason, like, bro, you go crazy when you're performing. Like, I've always watched YouTube live videos of Jason performing and just going absolutely nuts. Kellen, like, bro, I, I remember uh, finding sleep. My friend showed me If You Can't Hang when I was, like, in eighth grade, bro. And I remember going home and just, yeah, from there, you know, just being hooked and listening to this, this shit every day, bro. You know what I mean? Just going crazy. So, yeah, it, it's wild, man. Life really has, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it feels like things are just kind of happening, you know what I'm saying? But there's, there's a plan. I feel like for sure. Like there's definitely a, a the universe has a plan for everybody and uh, things are just falling into place right now. So it, it, I'm excited. Jason, uh, what did you see in Garzi that made him a good fit for your label? And what are your plans as the label guy to kind of push Garzi's career even further? Garzi really spoke to the whole ethos of the label as far as, you know what I'm saying? Like, being super super transparent with what what we do over at 333 is we primarily focus on bipoc artists um specifically in like the alternative space and this doesn't just mean you know the music they play but just who they are as people um garzi really as an artist to speak on obviously his his creative um talents and i, I believe him to be someone who is just so hungry and so naturally inclined to make uh, music that spoke to a lot of people. I think that's really what really got me. Uh, we've already been in the studio together <clears throat> multiple times, and and every time I'm actually surprised. And I'm not just saying this because he's on, you know, one of these little windows right here. And I'm not just saying this because he's on the label. I'm, I really do mean it because, and people that know me, uh, people that have worked with me before, know that I, I don't say what I, I don't say anything I don't mean, and I really don't get involved in things I don't believe in. So, um, just. Uh, off, off rip, it was very, very obvious to me that Garzi wanted it. And it, it was very obvious to me that Garzi had it on like an inherent um, level, not just, you know, you know, you've got people out there that spend their life figuring out theory and figuring out uh, becoming very proficient and dexterity and all these different things. And Garzi was just an, a naturally talented and gifted and driven individual. And I think that above all else, but actually, we, uh, we were discussing Garzi's voice earlier. Um, mm -hmm. The way that he sits on top of the music that he's writing to me, much like Kellen, actually, I'm not, and I'm not even, again, I'm not just saying it because he in one of these little windows. I believe there's just something about the way someone represents themselves and the way that they come across sonic, sonically that is, um, is really important. And so that's on more, more of a technical aspect uh, to, to, I guess, assist the the discussion of, about his um just sort of natural and inherent uh captivating spirit so for me it was really um again it was it was seeing a young brother do something in this space in a way that i hadn't really felt or seen yet and that's really important to me when it comes to signing or getting involved with artists um and he's just a great fucking guy He's just a great Love, kid. Bro. Appreciate you, He's just a Love, great kid. dude. <laughs> and don't underestimate the hair. The hair looks it's great so in music videos. So good. So Love. funny. The way one of my first real conversations with Garzi was in a bar. We had just met up, me, him, and his girlfriend, just to like, just to chill. I was in LA. And I kid you not, like, Garzi's mission 
with his music is his mission in life as well. It was one of the first conversations we ever had. And it was, there was no, you know, podcasts or cameras or anything. And he was literally just talking to me like an hour straight about what his mission um, through his music is. And I want to talk a little bit about that, Garzi. Um, what is, what is the message you have for the world alongside just like having fire music? Yeah. So it, it, it's a lot like Jason and Jason inspires me with this every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's really for the people of color. Like he was saying, bro, you know what I'm saying? I grew up loving, you know, uh, alternative music, emo music. You know what I mean? Like, that's literally like, I I've told you this story before my first Christmas that I can remember my mom literally <clears throat> bought me, uh, two fallout boy CDs and, uh, a bowling for so a bowling for soup CD. And, uh, two simple plan CDs, you know what I'm saying? That was literally all I was listening to. I had the little CD player, you know what I'm saying? With the little headphones back then, you know what I mean? Like, but I was just, I just had all those CDs on repeat, repeat, repeat. So and that was like, I was probably like in first grade, like, so it's from the very beginning. I've always, you know what I'm saying? But I was always, I always remember feeling kind of afraid because I was colored and people who look like me weren't into that, you know? And it's actually funny because I have a lighter brother and um, he's like a very big hip hop head, you know? And I always kind of felt like he was like, you know what I'm saying? He listened to, to rap and, that, and like, that was his thing. And like rock was my thing, you know what I mean? I would listen to that. And it's just like, you know, but I always felt kind of out of place because I could never find people like me. And I, like, I don't know, I was always afraid to just put it out there, you know? And I saw feeling that way. I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like that. And I, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sure today more than ever, because I feel like you know, people get made fun of for that. You know what I'm saying? Especially with mm -hmm. social media. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you see all these jokes about like, oh, like that's my only black friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the one, oh, that's the mm -hmm. kind of black friend they got. You know what I'm saying? Basically just calling white people, uh, black people, like, oh, they're, they're too white to be black. You know, I felt like that a lot in life also. Like I'm mixed, you know, I'm half black, I'm half Hispanic. So it's like, you know, sometimes it, it, as weird as it is, it feels like, I almost don't fit in with black people sometimes and I don't fit in with Hispanic sometimes, you know, because like they look at you a little weird sometimes, and you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're not really black. Like I've been told that so many times in my life. It's not even funny. Like, oh, you're not really black. And it's just like, no, I am really black, actually. You know what I mean? And I, I got love and I got respect for my people. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm really here just in, just like Jason. You know what I'm saying? I want to inspire people to, to forget about that, bro. And, and to, you know what I'm saying? Be into whatever you want. If you're black and you like you like white things, ain't no, there aren't any white things, bro. It's for people, bro. People are people, man. And it's for everyone to enjoy and for everyone to get involved in and for everyone to do, you know what I mean? So that's something I really, really hold close to my heart. And, uh, you know, what I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? And, uh, Jason, you know, I love working with Jason just for that, that one reason. Cause he really inspires me with that every day and reminds me of that every day for sure. Wow. That's so, so good. Garzi. So good. Um, let's bring, let's bring Kellen in this Kellen. First of all, you guys have been around for something that's been around for a while. You've been around since like the late 2000s. What has it been like to see this rock revival take shape with this next generation? I, I don't really think it's went away. You know, I feel like maybe it's slowed down a little bit, but I think like here's where I come into the picture. Like, I think that Garzi is a true talent. And when I heard the song, like I was overwhelmed to be a part of it. I think that you just can't like, you can't ignore when somebody has that fire and has that something to to give to the world. And I think that he definitely has that. And one thing that I've always learned from the music industry where, where I grew up in, in this scene and where we've come from is that community is so, so important. And I know that it's harder now more than ever for younger artists to really get uh, a chance to shine. So like for me to be able to be a part of it and lend any sort of um, help and give a helping hand to boosting Garzi to the next level. Like that's what I'm all about. I'm all about that community. And I'm, I'm just so, I'm super happy to be a part of it for sure. And let's talk about the song itself. 
uh, Kellen, how did this song get to you and what did you think you could add to it vocally? Uh, Instagram, <laughs> I think is how it got to me. And um, dude, that's, Let's go. that's the amazing thing about uh, the world we live in today is the fact that we could trade music back and forth in that, in that capacity. And also just, I think that COVID definitely helped in that sense to where it, it gives people more of an opportunity to be open-minded about who we work with and who we want to like stamp our name on, you know? And um, I mean, as soon as I heard the song, I wanted to be a part of it. And I was, I was super stoked to be able to like contribute and to write a little section of the song and just add my own flavor to it. But that's, that's all Garzy. That song's all him. The song Mess, by the way, I don't think you actually yeah. named the name of the song. It's, it's called Mess. Um, yep. And, and Garzy kind of going off of that, what did you, what was your relationship musically with sleeping the sirens you know because they like maybe in middle school high school like when did you get into the to, into that band and what was it like working with with kellen on this track yeah so like i said earlier um i had a friend in eighth grade show me uh, i remember we were at pe and he had his ipod and he was just listening to music he was like hey man you should listen to the song and the i was like iPods. all right yeah yeah the ipods bro. i actually just seen that ipods are low-key going for like a lot of money on ebay and shit bro people are starting to like resell them so if you got that old ipod man hey but nah it's um, a great way to listen to music it's detached <laughs> from your phone you don't have your phone yep. ringing while you're listening exactly exactly um so like my friend showed me in eighth grade and like i said i went home i listened i watched the video and i was i was hooked bro and from there i was just i was listening to all their songs watching all their videos like everything bro and uh that continued literally bro like to this day bro but um i was super like all the way through high school i remember um <clears throat> the album you guys just let's cheers to this uh that was actually the only album i had on my phone for a minute bro all throughout high school and i remember um i went on this high school trip and the entire time on the bus, I was just listening to that album on repeat because it was the only album I had. So it, it was, you know, what I'm saying. So I have a lot of really good memories uh, to a lot of Sleepless Sirens music, and uh, yeah, man, it's been it's been a long time coming. And, and working with Kellen was was so was such a you know what I'm saying surreal surreal moment. And uh, he was so easy to work with, and it's been a lot of fun and uh, a lot of time in the work. And I'm I'm glad that it's uh, finally here. You know what I mean? You're sleeping. Thanks for thanks for listening, dude. Of course, man. Thank you for making the music you have, bro. You know, it's funny about that. If you can, can't hang music video real quick, like back in the day when they made music videos, there's like this aspect of like trying to be like super artsy with it. And there's this one shot where I'm wearing like these ankle boots and they're like, let's get a close up of his boot dragging across yeah. the <laughs> band. Talk about that still to this day about how funny, like if you watch the video again, you'll I, just. I actually know what clip <laughs> you're talking about, bro. I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. That's so fucking funny, bro. Hell yeah. I've known Sleeping With Sirens for as long as I can remember, like, rock music, like, discovering rock music. And you guys really set the tone for your genre um, and also developed a very loyal cult following to this day as it continues to grow. And I just wanted you to take us back to the early days of the project. Maybe Garzy can kind of relate to your journey. Um, did you ever expect it to get as big as it did? I don't think I, I mean, I can't say for everybody, but I don't think anybody really does, you know, um, and we're super grateful to still be doing it and still have fun doing it. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I think that that's the album uh, in particular, Let's Cheers to This was a real pivotal moment for the band because I think all the music around that time was like attack, attack. And it was like the heavy, like crab core <laughs> on everything. And we really rolled the dice and doing something that was a little bit more pop punk and a little bit more like kind of like all over the spectrum with music and uh the album still stands out to me for that because 
I, I don't think anybody expected it, especially the label, to do as well as it did. And um, I'm grateful that it has, and I'm grateful that we're still around and, and doing it today. And what, what did you, what, what kind of, uh, uh, Kellen, what, what did you listen to leading up to the formation of the band? Because you were on kind of the generation after the vagrant bands and, you know, uh, um, the, the, the um, you know, fueled by ramen bands, those kind of bands. What were you listening to that made you say, I want to, I want something like this, but I want to put my own twist on it. Uh, the starting line, Finch, what it is to burn that album, that, that whole album to me was as a game changer. And the first uh, self-titled used album, those all three of those albums, I think really kind of cemented me in wanting to be a part of the music industry and, and the punk scene and the warp tour scene. I remember the old drive-through DVDs. I had like all of those and I would watch all the bands do like the behind the scenes and stuff like that. And it just, it looked Hell like, yeah. fun, you know, like playing on top of like flatbed trucks in front of like all those people and just having that energy, you know, the crowd surfing and all that. That was like, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. We had, we had uh, Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids on our show a while back. And he talked about, you put two flatbed trucks together back to back and it makes a big long stage all the way yep. across. Yep. That's crazy. They gotta, bring, they gotta bring War Tour back, bro. Bring War Tour back 2022. Let's go. I know. Let's let it go like a couple years too early. Like if they just would have stuck it out, you know? Yeah. yeah, bro. It was like one extra year, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> one extra year, and then we would have been, you know what I'm saying? Like right here, bro. That was it. You bro, gotta you do it, bro. I know, I know, bro. We got to, man. We're real, going on tour. Is it next week? Yeah, so the first show of tour is on the second. I'm headed out on the first. I just bought my flight, so I'm I'm flying out to the first show, and then I have my drummer. I luckily just got a drummer, so I was I was really stressed out, right? Like, you know, what I'm saying we've been dealing with the single and doing all this. We hadn't really talked about tour until it was like like two weeks ago. You know what I mean? So we were kind of already like, and, and like I kind of realized like, yo, it's like really expensive to do all this stuff. And so for a moment there, I was like, you know, I don't think I'm gonna be able to bring a drummer. I'm gonna run tracks, and that just felt I felt really like lame. Like you know, what I'm saying the fact that I was gonna be the only one playing tracks, and like I just I wasn't trying to go out like that. You know, what I'm saying this is my first time. You know, a lot of people are gonna be seeing me. I want them to remember me. I want to like you know, what I'm saying make an impression on them and not be like, oh, he's running tracks. Like he's not legit. Like he probably can't sing for real. You know what I mean? So it's like now, nah, like I was really I was really bent on getting a drummer and. You know, thank God that uh, we, uh, someone came my way and it's, it's all worked out. So I have a drummer. I'm flying out to the first show. He's he's driving from like Massachusetts or something to meet me in Ohio. And then from there, we're, we're going to be driving together all over the place. So I, well, I hope you guys that like should be fun. Other. Yeah, me too. On God. Me too. For real. Uh, that's like, you know, but he seems really nice. I've talked to him a bunch. He seems really cool. I don't think I'm going to have many issues. So it should be okay, man. We're, we're going to say it's going to be all good, bro. We're going to manifest that. All right. Let's Hell get yeah. <laughs> so the way I met Garzi is I opened for Garzi at his show in New York. I forgot about first, that already, bro. That's so crazy, bro. But oh, I remember you actually had a drummer at that show. Yep. And, but I, what I really want to bring up is there were a lot of people going crazy when Garzi came on. There were a lot of people going crazy. And but the craziest one, I mean not the craziest one, the most excited one was your girlfriend Uli. I have to say. Uli. The most supportive girlfriend on the planet. I want to talk about just kind of like your more personal life. Um, how does how does um who are those people in your life that kind of keep you grounded, especially as your career is about to blow up right now? Well, I don't really have that many people in my life, to be honest. Like, I have a very, very small circle, which is just the way, I, you know, my mom has always been a very, like, um, 
I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. Like, she's just smart. You know, she's very street smart. Like, she grew up in Brooklyn, New York. You know what I'm saying? She's been jumped a bunch. Like, she's had a, you know what I'm saying? She's had to be tough in her life. And so she's always carried that with her. And I feel like she's instilled a lot of that in me. And also just like not being naive and not trusting people. You know what I'm saying? I'm very like, like, I, it almost sounds bad to say this, but it's like, I almost don't give people the benefit of the doubt until they prove themselves to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, obviously I'm not like mean or rude to anyone. Like I'll be cool with someone, but it's like, I, I'm not really your friend until you've like proven to me that you're solid, like in person, you know what I mean? Like on the inside. So, um, I low-key forgot the question. What were you saying? Say it again. My bad. There's people in your life that. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. So like nowadays, bro, I really, you know, I had, I had a, a, a really like the person I started making music with was like my best friend. I've known him since, you know, elementary and, you know, we've been together through it all. And unfortunately, like, you know, last year things happened and we don't really talk like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? And that was like, that was like a big moment for me also. That was just kind of like, you know, like if that could happen with my mans, like I've known forever, like it can happen with anyone. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, I really, I really have my mom, you know what I'm saying? I have my girlfriend who we just broke two years. So let's go. And then, you know, my manager Sakai, bro. And, and say, bro, like, those are really like my guys, like my, my daily go-to, you know what I mean? Those are the people who help me just like see things for what they are and, you know, just keep pushing. And I'm really just focused on music. I'm not really like here. Like I live in LA and I just see people partying all the time and like, you know, posting on Instagram, doing all these like hype and, you know, crazy things. And it makes you feel some type of way on the inside. You're like, damn, maybe I should like be living my life a little more like do you know what i'm saying but it's like i'm focused right now bro you know i'm, I'm 24 i don't have time to you know what i'm saying to waste or you know what i mean like i got somewhere i got to get to and, I, and i'm going there so jason i just as as a as a guy who runs this record label you know it's harder to make money now as a label head than it was 20 30 years ago when you could rely on music sales now you make money with publishing that's the big things you make money with publishing um so how what other plans do you have for the label to grow the label? And um, how do you make money with a record label these days? I believe you sign dope artists. Um, you, for me, like, I believe that doing, doing better business versus more business is, is uh, sort of my philosophy. I think that you should do better business with those that you engage with artistically, better business that you engage with financially, better business with those you engage with culturally. And uh, to that effect, I believe that 333 Records Crew is really a catalyst for culture, more so than it is for um, finance or capital. You know, so I believe that if you do the right things and you do them well and you do them authentically and organically that, you know, based in, um, I guess, uh, a world where money is offered as a um, as an answer to two things, I believe that those things will come inherently and they will accrue naturally. But for me, as the, you know, I guess the, the CEO or president or owner or whatever of this label, it's really focused on culture and creating a space for more people like myself, like Garzi, um, like the other acts we have on our label collective in order to offer an ecosystem where everybody can eat versus just me versus just whoever's, um, you know, uh, backstage running things at the label. We truly look at this, um, as collectively as possible. And so I, I stepped into this whole thing, this whole label thing, this whole label collective with the mindset that this isn't for me. It never was for me and it never will be for me. It's really at, at best it's for us. And primarily it's for the artists. That's really what it is. You know, I've, I've done my time and I continue to, I've got my own band, uh, which does all right. And I've got other endeavors that do fine. 
And I believe that if I can find a way to do better business for us rather than for me, uh, the, the, those things like capital and finance and, you know, that, that kind of that they say make the world go around, those will come inherently as long as we keep the world that we live in and the environment that we inhabit um, as fruitful as possible. Again, that is that is really, like I said, the, the biggest point I can make about this label collective is that it's a catalyst for culture before capital. So um, I, I hope that that does work out. But as of right now, it has been. And again, people like Garzi. And also, I wanted to um, speak on what Kellen said earlier, because it's people like Kellen that offer this this um, advocacy for artists like Garzi mm-hmm. that in the scene that we grew up, like, you know, Kellen and I are around the same age. So when we was like really starting this shit and we was really going through it, we had to support each other because ain't nobody else really fuck with us. Um, and then people like Kellen who actually would, who, you know, used to shout out and support my other band, Let Live Too. Like really having people on his, you know, cause Kellen was like the guy. Kellen, like, you know, Kellen was like running shit. You know, Kellen, stay, <laughs> Kellen stays running shit on that level, you know what I'm saying? And and so for me, when he would, you know, he would show love like that, it, for me, it was like an ally. You know what I'm saying? It's like for me, and, 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 and like Garzi was saying, for me as like a person of color, especially being mixed, I was like just trying to find my space and really just trying to find my place in all of this. And I was like a subset within a subculture and people like Kellen offering advocacy and, and being an ally um, all the way from like when I was that that's how how crazy like I don't know if people actually understand how deep this goes like for me when I was like coming up and let live to now one of our artists Garzi Kellen has really shown up like and I really want to make that very clear um, to a lot uh, especially to um, you know non BIPOC artists out there that have a platform and that say they are advocates for this change and progress in the scene um, Kellen really really uh, Ten toes, ten toes down, and showed us he's really about that shit. So I want to shout out, shout out to him, and and for for the support that he's offered not only to Garzi but to uh, this part of the scene. And I, you know, I don't know if I've been able to say that yet, actually. So thank you, Kellen, for what you've done before oh, and what you're doing now. Thank you. Behind the scenes, as mentors to Garzi, and not not only as like idols, but mentors to Garzi now. What are some things that you guys say behind the scenes to Garzi like to pump him up, to get him ready for what's to come? I was, I was going to just say like, dude, enjoy the ride. Enjoy, enjoy the chaos. Enjoy just finding a drummer for the first time. Enjoy sleeping on people's floors. Cause like that's that <laughs> honestly, like some of the best memories I, I have being in a band is not knowing where you're going to sleep and figuring it out and not knowing how you're going to eat and hustling to figure it out. Like, those are some of the best memories I have. Not, not my memories of, you know, selling a bunch of records and making a bunch of money. Like the joy of being in a band, especially within this world is like the punk rock aspect of it. And so enjoy every minute, dude, like take snapshots because it's going to be the most fun, the most exciting part of it. Let's go. I'm excited. That's so real. That is actually exactly right. Huh? Like that, that part of it too. Like it's, it really does. It's funny because you think when you when you go out at this level, you know, it's um, you feel as though you're going to satiate that urge to tour and you're going to satiate that urge to get out in front of people. But actually what happens is, is you become more hungry. You become more hungry when you just start to get a little taste. You become more <laughs> hungry for the feast. And I think that um, Garzi, again, your personality, your inclination, your proclivities that 
that I've observed already, I feel like you are the perfect person to be going out and doing exactly what Kellen said, enjoying this ride and really uh, embracing that grind so that you see what, how, what this is worth. It really does sort of shine a light on what this is worth and it shows you where you need to, uh, where you need to enhance, where you need to improve, but also what it can be at the end. I think that's just, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. Like enjoy that part of it because it, it, at some point, especially for you, Garzi, it will be different. It will, oh, um, you know, it will be different. But, and then again, if I may, just as like a young brother on the road in this space, you know what I'm saying? Like, please remember like you are a king. Like there are gonna be plenty of uh, systemically and structurally position things while you are out there to make you feel as though perhaps maybe uh, this isn't the space for you or you shouldn't be or this, that, and the other, because that is the way that this game has been rigged and the table has been tilted for so long. But just please remember, like, you are out here with a mission and you are out here, you know, not to put too much pressure on you, but you got a flag that you are flying for all of us, guards, and you got a flag that you are flying for all of us. Um, and, and just uh, remember that we are here, root, not only rooting for you, but, you know what I'm saying, holding you down, you know, in spaces that you might not be able to be physically, you know, if it's L.A. or Portland or New York or whatever, you know, us on this call and, the, and your fans and, and, and just your family, we are holding you down because you are doing this for us. So thank you for that. Love, bro. Appreciate you, man. For real. Yeah. Let's not pretend that uh, that Kellen is completely retired from the business. Like he's like the old, the old man in the room. Um, <laughs> it, it's... <laughs> It's Kellen. It's been a minute since there was um, some new Sleeping with Sirens material out there. So, have you guys been working on anything new? What can the fans expect? Oh yeah, we band coming. Um, it's all pretty much done. We just have some features that we're working on right now, and then um, everything's gonna start rolling out here pretty soon. You know, like uh, it was crazy because we put out I think was one of our best albums with How It Feels to Be Lost, and then as soon as it was out, we were like on our second tour. COVID hit, so we had to go home. And I know that happened for a lot of artists and stuff, but it looks like things are starting to like chill out and we'll be able to get back out there and get back to work. So I'm super excited. I'm sure everyone else is too. Yeah. And you guys, are you guys still on the same label? You guys, you guys did your last album on Sumerian. Yeah. Guys... Still with Sumerian. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. What do you, do you guys have anything to say when it comes to, cause I feel like everyone, like all three of you, um, you guys come from a real rock background, right? And with this new surge of like rock, this new rock era that like everyone- Rock as top about. 40 music. That's kind of like what I'm trying to kind of- Yeah, well, with that yeah. surfacing, I feel like there's a lot of like mockeries of rock music where like maybe like a pop artist is coming on rock out of nowhere and putting out, uh, you know, a rock song or a guitar based song, or let's say people, you know, a song has a guitar in it and everyone's like, that's rock music. And when it's really like, come on, yeah. um, or just trying to emulate punk rock in general, whether it's aesthetically, um, or just like in fashion in general, what do you have to say about that? Kellen's like, I can't even answer this. I'm still mad. I think that everything comes full circle, right? We saw we saw like bands from the scene, like the used and Fallout Boy getting on TRL and stuff. Everything comes full circle. I think the most important thing is uh, being real when it comes to your music and being authentic when it comes to your music. And that shit surpasses fads or anything like that. And when you listen to Garzi's music, it's not inauthentic. It's not like 
it's not like he's putting on a show because it's popular right now. Mm -hmm. He's playing the music that he'd be playing anyways. Mm -hmm. He grew up listening to it. Like he comes from this world, like that's, that's his music. So, so that shit's going to surpass beyond the fad and everything uh, to speak on the actual part of like fad that's happening right now. It doesn't do anything but help all of us. Mm -hmm. Putting rock on the forefront is not like a scary thing, you know. Um, so I welcome it. Like, let's go. Let's 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 get out there and let's play some shows again. I'm stoked. I like that energy, Kellen. Yeah, I, I really do. You know, we especially us, right? Like uh, the the sort of uh, let's say like I don't know arts era work tour fucking people. Like we, there's a lot of shit talking. A lot of people that say things and feel some type of way about all these things and. And you being so, again, like being such a force in this scene and an influence, like I, I think it's really, really impressive and really amazing to see you being so positive about, you know, I guess what a lot of people would say is all this shit is fake or all this shit is whack and whatever. I, and because I actually, in a lot of ways, I agree with you. I really feel like, I feel, I feel like this, right? I feel this is sort of a, a loaded question for me because my whole thing at the root and, and fundamentally is that rock music started with black people point mm -hmm. blank period like that's like what it is so i'm like we've been here so for me it's a it's yeah. like it's an interesting place to be when people are going oh now black folk and brown folk and you know bipoc folk are really all of a sudden they're in, interested in in rock music but i i find that to be such a um such a such an almost like i don't know like it's just such a curious thing to me because we we literally started the genre. So I think that finding a way for me to sort of onboard Kellen's energy and remember like it's doing all of us a favor, whoever's doing it and putting it out there like in the front like that, um, as long as we can keep it as, as real and authentic with ourselves uh, while kind of following the roadmap that maybe others that are just now finding rock music but are in a position to amplify it, if we can sort of keep it real with ourselves while finding our way on that roadmap that maybe others have paved, then it's a benefit for everybody. So I like that, Kellen. I like that. I like that energy. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much to all of you for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. Garzy. Thank you. I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to us. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Demi. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Much love to all you guys. Appreciate you. Let's get it. Hell yeah. And Demi's and Demi's almost out here in LA full time in the next I know. month she or needs, two. She needs to so. hurry up. She needs to hurry uh -oh. up. Yeah. Let's go. All right, guys. That'll be it. Thank you to Kellen from Sleeping Sirens and Garzi and Jason. Um, good luck on all your ventures, all your new music, and we'll see you on tour. We'll see you on tour. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Have a good day. Good day, everybody. Much love. All right. All right. That was, a, that was a big show. That was a lot of people. How, mean, how interesting was um, what Kellen said about kind of like, you know, the kind of like the idea that, you know, people are trying to emulate an entire genre. And he's like, you know what? Because I wasn't even expecting that. He's like, you know what? We'll like let that be because he's only shining the light on people that were have been doing this and people that will continue to do this. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've defended that before on the show that I don't mind when a pop artist throws guitars on their album or on their song you know even if it's not in a genuine rock way because i think getting the rock sound out there and getting it palatable for younger audiences is is super important so
Yeah. And then we'll see who does it better. We'll see who the does it better. with a fake ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Demi, that's it for us. Of course, you can watch past episodes on YouTube, Facebook, and listen to our podcast, the audio version on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, etc. Until next week, we'll see you later. Thank you.